0: Hello, and welcome to the In Publishing podcast. My name is James Evely, and I'm the editor of In Publishing. Our guest this time is Emma Callahan, Sales and Invention Director at Reach Solutions. Emma is responsible for all agency sales across Reach's extensive portfolio of national and regional newspapers, which includes brands like the Daily Mirror, Daily Record, The Express, Manchester Evening News, South Wales Echo, and many more. Emma tells us about Reach's increasing focus on reader engagement. For us
1: at REACH, a really key part of our strategy is better engaging with and understanding the, the 48 million people that come to REACH every month.
0: The lesson she's taken away from the successful Team Nation initiative.
1: The work of Team Nation actually re- represents a real opportunity for news brands to talk about effectiveness and campaign effectiveness because we know the campaign has been you know highly successful. Um, and hopefully... That should be of interest to other brands and advertisers. It's quite a new way of working, but it's it's been really, really positive.
0: And why there's still so much more to be done about diversity and inclusion.
1: For us as a business and the entire media industry, we have a long way to go on this. And we all need to start walking, walking the walk, you know, uh, making sure that we are top down and bottom up committed to, to genuine change. Not ticking boxes, but absolutely sort of driving positive change in this space.
0: And lots more besides. But first, a quick word about our valued sponsors. We would like to thank our podcast sponsor, Advantage CS, a leading global provider of subscription and membership management software. Capabilities include marketing, sales, payments, and customer relationship software for publishers membership associations, and information providers. For more information, go to advantagecs.com. Emma Callahan is Sales and Invention Director at Reach Solutions, where she is responsible for all agency revenues for Reach's stable of national and regional newspapers. In 2017, Emma was picked out as a future leader by the Women in Advertising and Communications Group, Emma, welcome to the In Publishing podcast. Thank you. Now, on your Twitter page, you describe yourself as a news brand enthusiast. Um, Where does that enthusiasm come from and what makes news media special in your eyes?
1: Well, I think it might have originated from my student days when I used to buy the independent every day for 20 pence. Um, I think the thing that I really love now uh, about news brands is that even though People access them in in multiple ways and our traffic comes from all sorts of places and and platforms. Um, I think there's still this unwavering kind of brand loyalty that exists in our market, Um, certainly hugely still in print. Um, But I think we also see it in digital um, through successful subscriptions models such as the Times. We, We at Reach see it hugely with our regional news sites such as the MEN and, and our live network. Um, so I guess I really like that kind of unique connection that sits there and still exists between uh, readers and pub- publishers um, and that and that people are still really proud to be, you know, a mirror reader, a guardian reader, a telegraph reader, etc.
0: No, totally so do yeah. you think, you know, today's students, you know, going through university, do, do you think they develop a, an affection for a news brand in the way that you did and I probably did as well?
1: Well I think it's different because I think a lot of them access their news through through um, very different ways now. but I do think it still exists absolutely. Um, I think the d- digital ecosystem has changed everything for publishers and you know we have to we have to adapt because of that and we've been doing lots of um, interesting work actually about brand loyalty in the digital space um, for digital news brands and those platforms um, and I think you know the way that you see how news, Newsrooms now are on Snapchat and TikTok, and the way that they work with with those platforms is going to be really important to that. But I do think it still it still exists. Yes. Um, so, in terms
0: of brand loyalty, which you mentioned being shown across different platforms, and you've obviously been doing work on that, what are the kind of key findings of your research in that area?
1: Well, I think you know, it's it's a, it's a it's a big question. Um, I think that that loyalty does still exist. Um, And I think for for us at Reach, a really key part of our strategy is um, better engaging with and understanding the the 48 million people that come to Reach every month. Um, And through that, really understanding, um, you know, how we can understand what content is most useful to them, what they want to engage with, how they want to engage with us, through which platforms, and create a much better view of who the reach customer is. Um, and we've been doing some really interesting work on that. And I I don't know whether you saw our uh, our results, which were published earlier this week, but we had a really successful year um, last year, despite everything, the kind of tumultuous uh, and sort of slightly crazy year that it was for, for everyone. And a huge part of that was around us um Better understanding our customers online and gathering gathering that data. Um, And it's helping us to, it's informing our editorial teams, our customer team, our product team. It helps us to build better products, launch new new services, launch new websites. Um, So it's been a really interesting time for us, Um, better, better understanding who our customer is.
0: Excellent. Now, you started your career working at an, at an ad agency, I believe, spending seven years at PhD before moving to Trinity Mirror, which obviously then became Reach a few years back. Yeah. Um, how does working for a publisher compare with working for an agency?
1: Well, from an advertising point of view, there are a lot of similarities. And I guess the main one being that we're both charged with delivering effective solutions for advertisers. So, um Media agencies, so where I came from, PhD, and publishers like Reach are increasingly being tasked with delivering growth for their clients and their advertisers. Um, I think uh, the key difference, I'd say, is that when I was at PhD, and as all media uh, media agencies are, um, your work is for your clients, you're focused on, on their business needs, on their growth, and agencies provide a, a raft of ever more sophisticated and specialised services um, for their clients. And I worked on a hugely varied client pool and I, you know, I loved my agency years, but I think personally for me, the thing that's different, um, is that being in a publisher, I now have a, an audience and a suite of brands, um, and I'm totally focused on our business. You know, it's clear how, how, how myself and my team contribute, uh, to reach. Um, and I, I love that about my role. You know, we're all working at reach towards, um the goal to grow our own business and essentially de- deliver our shareholders greater value and it's it's exciting to be part of that
0: now your your job title is sales and invention director i was wondering if you could talk us through the invention part because um i haven't seen too many job titles with that word in it but maybe i'm just looking in the wrong places
1: yeah it's 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 a great great title um so I, essentially, I I lead the teams within Reach Solutions, which work predominantly with agencies, media agencies, and to an extent directly with clients as well. Um, And Invention is the branded content studio within our our commercial team. So um, my my team is split into sort of cross-platform business hubs, which service different agency groups or networks. And then Invention is a larger hub um, which is made up of salespeople, but it's also um, commercial editorial, content strategists, planners, platform experts, project management, designers, creatives, etc. Um, and their role is to pitch for advertiser briefs, which sit outside of sort of standard display advertising. So it's a totally cross-platform content solutions team. Um, and, you know, our responses can be, can be anything from video, to a Facebook live event, to um, our contextual um, targeting tool, newsjacking, um, to a four-page print advertorial—you know, there is a whole raft of, of things we can offer—and um, it's it's a it's exciting because it's a growing arm of our business. So uh, we finished last year, despite everything, up two hundred percent year on year, um, and with with massive digital growth year on year. So it's an exciting time to be to be part of a team like that.
0: So for the branded content solutions, uh, what kind of percentage in terms of the overall whole does, um, does it now account for?
1: In terms of our total... Well, in terms of
0: total revenue, you know, how, how, do, how does it divide down between obviously display um, and the various key things you offer?
1: So it's, it's around 15% at the moment. Yeah. And growing? Um, and growing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and growing in digital very quickly. Um, which is really exciting for us.
0: So in terms of, you know, a, a pitch from the invention team, you know, w- w- what, what are they looking to do? I mean, presumably they're looking to be as creative and as imaginative as possible. Um, are there any good examples of you know, recent work that has you know, ticked all the boxes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I guess the key thing is that it, it allows advertisers and brands to come closer to our editorial teams um, than ever before really um, and we do work really closely with them to find the right solutions for for these brands and these and these communications um, so a good example you know this works at its best I think when when you get a shared value so a good example of this would be a live campaign um, that we that we're working on now with Barclays um, last year they set up a um COVID-19 community aid package to help charities carry out um sort of vital work um trying to help those that were affected by the crisis um, and really recently they partnered with Fair Share to uh, help uh redistrib- redistribute food um, to people that needed it um and for every pound that uh was donated to Fair Share, Barclays offered to, ma- to match by two pounds so um I guess with an example like that, when a brand is doing something really positive, it really seamlessly fits into the news agenda. This was, you know, Fair Share was absolutely part of the news, everything that Marcus Rashford was doing. So mm. we can really make content like that work really seamlessly with editorial on a national and and local level. So I think, you know, um, brands come to us, they want to, they want to tell various stories. They really, they often come to us because um, we have this unique mix of our, our national flagship brands and scale matched with the ability to to target locally to create localized content still at scale but really to tap into communities and this seems to be a big part of what of what brands want to do at the moment
0: so with the editorial teams you know their participation seems to be an increasing part of the the offering you know the commercial offering um is there an issue ever between, um, you know, traditionally there's been a big divide between commercial and editorial, you know, a big war between them. That's obviously blurring a bit, but are there any issues of, um, you, know, you know, any editorial issues? Is there any pushback from them?
1: No, I think, you know, we are very privileged at Reach to have a very close working relationship between editorial and commercial. Um, we are, we're not church and state. Um, we do work together to find solutions. Sometimes advertisers will want to do things that aren't going to be right for us. So we'll work with editorial to find what the right solution is, to find ways to make it work, not only for for, um, for, for editorial, for, but also for our client, because actually they are best placed, you know, to speak to our audiences. They they have that, that unique connection that we touched on before. Um, and I think partly that, you know, The strength of our relationship is due to the fact that, you know, we're, we're a PLC rather than privately owned and our editorial teams understand the value in terms of advertising revenue and the role that it plays in, in, in our growth and in us being a robust, profitable business. Um, So, you know, I think when it comes to invention, we have to work really collaboratively with them. Um, We have to make sure it's clearly marked as advertising And we have to make sure that it's going to resonate with our audience because, you know, when we get it right, our readers get in touch to thank us. Um, And we actually had that in the cases of um, work we did with TSB and with co-op funeral care last year. But if we get it wrong, we risk damaging the trust that exists with our audience, with our editorial team and with our advertiser. So, you know, we have to we have to be really careful to get it right and um, we're very fortunate to work closely with editorial and to be honest their knowledge and their intuition about what what will work is really valuable in the process.
0: And in terms of things going wrong, not we want to highlight those necessarily but it, is labeling the big issue is is that a really key part of getting it right?
1: Yeah, it's really, really important that it's labelled correctly. And I think, you know, we have we have made big strides in this as branded content has become more and more popular over the last sort of ten, fifteen years. Um, but it is absolutely obviously very, very important that that we don't we don't get anything wrong in that sense.
0: And are advertisers and agencies are they understanding of that of that that stance? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we all want to work within the the the, the parameters that we're set and you know that that is absolutely important
0: to all parties do you think that discipline of, of correct labeling is something which separates you know the, the what are, the mainstream media from you know the rest of the digital world how do you mean well in terms of you know um stuff you know out in the wider web which is promoted you know which is actually commercial content but masquerading as editorial for instance
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's a—it's definitely um, a big challenge, uh, absolutely for for our for our industry for for society. You know, we—it's a—it's—it's it's a big question. I think we as you know we are the biggest commercial news publisher in the UK. Our responsibility in terms of the content we publish is enormous, so we have to. You know, we are and we are audited very, very carefully on, on that. And we have to, um, you know, trust with our audience and is, is, is of the most importance. So we have to abide by that. Um, but it is, it is a challenge that obviously we, there are huge issues around fake news, around the spread of, of, uh, of, of content that is not produced within those parameters and professionally created by journalists. Um, and it's, it's, a, it, it's a big problem.
0: Now, you're responsible, Emma, for agency revenues. Now, in terms of maximising agency sales, which obviously all publishers want to do, what do publishers need to to do more of? What would, in terms of the, age, the agency perspective, what would they like to see more from publishers in terms of to make the perfect pitch, so to speak?
1: Yeah, I think, I think the most important thing is proving effectiveness and being able to work towards delivering clients that all-important growth. Um, and I guess for us this customer strategy our customer first strategy which is gathering all that data and having that additional layer of understanding about our audience gives us a much more compelling sales story and a more attractive offering um i think also from a news brand perspective collaboration is key um so a good example of that is is ozone which allows advertisers to buy brand safe combined publisher inventory of which reach is a partner or um Or the really interesting ongoing project, which has seen us as an industry work together with a brand new team, which is dedicated to um, government communications through the pandemic.
0: Um, Okay, can you tell me a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, So I think it was the uh, 9th of April last year, Team Nation was born. Um, And this is the first ever alliance between, you know, rival news industry publishers and Manning Gottlieb OMD's OmniGov team. Um, who are responsible for all of the government's media? So, um, just seven days after that, uh, the, the biggest news brand campaign the UK had ever seen was launched, and that was over. I think six hundred national and local newspapers, who all cover wrapped their papers. Some, you know, importantly for the first ever, first time, um, and and they took over every single website with homepage takeovers as well. And it was the same unified message of stay at home. And, and that was just the start, really. We've now surpassed, um, I think, something like 80 briefs. Um, right. And there are about 30 members of the core team nation. And they are from across all of the, all of the news brands. Um, but I think if you look at the, the wider team that works on this, it goes up to something like 500 people across the market. All right. Yeah, it's pretty so incredible. Do you think there's a do you think there's you
0: future know. for that after COVID? Or was that very much a, a pandemic um, initiative?
1: I think you know when we haven't just been working on on COVID communications. We've also been working on EU exit and and you know a lot of stuff around Brexit. Um, there are other briefs that are coming through. Um, I think what it's what it's proved is that it's pretty incredible what we can achieve um, when we do come together and how agile as an industry we can be. You know. We, we sort of successfully launched and delivered these huge campaigns across all, the, all of the market, um, you know, reaching very different audiences with, you know, through different brands, different platforms. Um, so I think actually the work of Team Nation actually re- represents a real opportunity for news brands to talk about effectiveness and campaign effectiveness because we know the campaign has been, you know, highly successful. Um, and hopefully... That should be of interest to other brands and advertisers. Um, it's quite a new way of working, but it's it's been really, really positive.
0: So do you see that that could be then carried over into you know more commercial applications as opposed to government communications?
1: Well, potentially you mm-hmm. know I think there's there's a there's an opportunity there for sure because it's been really successful, and you know for the first time genuinely has had rival publishers work together really fairly seamlessly. Um, so I think it's it's a really positive step.
0: That's interesting because I mean I remember years past the thought of rival publishers working together was was kind of fantasy land, but now yeah. it's it's happening increasingly.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think even you know even when when I was at PhD, I just it would it wouldn't have been possible. Um, but then again, neither would putting a cover up on the Daily Mail. So things are changing
0: now um reach solutions was was named um, um commercial team of the year at the campaign media awards last year back in september one of the criteria for the for the award was that entries had to demonstrate an innovative approach to media um how did reach solutions demonstrate that innovative approach
1: um so we've actually just made the shortlist for this year as well so we're oh, going to congratulations. thank you we're going to be defending <laughs> our crown uh, in a couple of weeks time um So, yeah, I mean, a lot of our innovation story is around the development of the customer strategy, which I touched on earlier, which is all about us better understanding and engaging our audience. Um, And this has been in place since our CEO, Jim Mullen, joined the business back in September 2019. Um, And we set out with a goal of 2 million registered customers by the end of 2020, but we actually achieved 5 million. The aim is to get to 10 million by the end of next year. Um, And from an advertising perspective, you know, this will give us it gives us a single view of the customer across all of our products, um, which will give us more sophisticated targeting um, opportunities and and better advertising products to go to market with. Um, a lot of our innovation comes from problem solving and addressing challenges that affect our business or our marketplace. And one of those is around brand safety and the blunt keyword blocking tools which many agencies and advertisers use to ensure that, understandably, their message appears in a a brand-safe environment. We know how important that is. Um, But in reality, it means that huge amounts of inventory, which is perfectly safe, can end up being blocked. And, you know, as as I'm sure you're well aware, it is a challenge across our industry. So um, to tackle this head-on, we launched our proprietary brand safety tool, called mantis um, and we partnered with ibm and their ai tool watson and mantis is um, able to basically it can examine the context and the semantics of a page online to assess whether it's deemed brand safe so a good example of this would be the word shoot which appears everywhere in our extensive football coverage obviously Mm. really really important for us at reach but um, a blunt keyword blocking tool could deem that content as unsafe. So what Mantis can do is identify that the word "shoot" in that context isn't the context isn't something say you know a terrorist attack or an unsafe story. Um, it is safe. Um, so it's an exciting product that we that we're taking to market now. We're working with lots of different publishers. So it's not just a reach tool. We want to we want to put that out into into market to help solve this, this challenge. Um, so that's another great example of us of us innovating.
0: Uh, and what has the initial feedback been from agencies um, regarding Mantis?
1: No, I think that they're, they're very positive. Um, I think what Mantis asks is for um, agencies to, to turn off their own um, brand safety tools. And this is a really big ask of agencies and advertisers because it's asking them to put their full trust in us. Um, so we, we, we're sort of in our early stages, we, we are working with some brands already and we're seeing really, really positive results. Um, so, you know, we hope that this will um, gather momentum in market for sure. Um, I think the other interesting thing with Mantis is that we are using it more and more in invention as well. So Mantis can help inform us what content um, performs best with our audience, what emotions it might drive. And that can help us in invention when we're trying to create content for a client, can help us inform the best strategy. So we're, we're able to use Mantis for all sorts of interesting things. And it's becoming a really key part of, 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 you know, how we of informing, you know, strategies sort of across the business.
0: Now, in terms of building up a picture of your audience, obviously, the registered readers are, are, are a key part of that. Um is all your knowledge based around those those logins, or do you have information about the people you know the non logged in um, contingent?
1: Well, yeah, we have huge, vast amounts of behavioural data as well, um, which we which we will continue to use. Um, I think the exciting thing about us being able to get a single view of the customer through the Reach ID is that we we can build layers of, of data so we can understand you know far more about someone that might come um, to read about their favorite football team on the mirror they then join a newsletter about that team um, they then might also log into team dogs so they're a dog owner which is our dogs website so there are so many different touch points that it can help us build a really sophisticated view of that customer um, and that helps us inform what kind of content they might like to receive from us, and obviously, from an advertising point of view, makes them um, incredibly valuable in terms of how we can target them in more sophisticated ways.
0: I can see that the, the reach ID in the single customer view is probably cr- critical, and I imagine that is um, how you how you make it easier for your product, you know, your 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 your, your advertising to to buy for customers, because that's one of your challenges, isn't it? To make, make your complicated portfolio as easy to buy as possible. Is that all about the single customer view and the reach ID?
1: Well, it's certainly part of it. Um, and I think from a digital perspective, absolutely. Um, but I think, the, I mean, the, the thing with us is that after the purchase of Northern and Shell back at the end of uh, 2018, you know, we suddenly became a publisher which had over 50 websites, nine national newspapers, 129 regional newspapers, two magazines, you know, numerous, I think about 850 social channels. Um, So I guess when you put it like that, if we go and talk to an advertiser, they might think, wow, gosh, where do I start with that? That Mm. sounds very complicated. So we did need to make ourselves easy to buy. Um, and I think digitally that that's quite straightforward. We, we created a massive single source of, of user data, first party data. Um, and, we, you know, we have the largest publisher owned and operated audience in the UK and a market leading programmatic offering. And and we continue to go, grow our digital first audience um, through live websites, which are our digital first newsrooms and then development of newsletters or site launches, podcasts, podcasts. Um, from a print perspective, you know we have these numerous titles, so we've we've created packages which put together our nationals and regionals, and that allows brands to basically buy numerous titles, so achieve scale in the print market, but through one simple buy, one point of contact, one piece of copy. Um, so actually, that's the way that most of our advertisers like to trade with us now. So, um, what are your it-
0: what 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 are your oh, sorry, to interrupt? What are your main mm-hmm. packages? Or well, the, big, the most commonly popular ones?
1: So, Big City is the daily mirror uh, alongside all of our regional dailies. And then Big Reach, which is all of our dailies. So, it's uh, the mirror, the regionals, and the Express and Star. Um, and I think, you know, that it's been very attractive to advertisers. You know, it's much rarer now that an advertiser says, oh, can I just buy one ad in the mirror? Um, this gives a scale in market in, in you know, trusted environments um and it's brought new money into into regional brands so it's been a really it was a really positive business move for us
0: so it's about to, in fact that's going to be my next question to what extent are are most of the campaigns you run across titles rather than for single titles is it what is what is the rough percentage split of that
1: i think probably about three quarters of advertisers now like to access us through through packages Mm. Um, which is a great result for us, but it makes sense. It makes sense for us from a business point of view, of course, but it really makes sense as well to our agencies and our advertisers because it simplifies things. Um, and I think, you know, from a print perspective, you need we need to make things as simple as possible.
0: Now, as I mentioned in my introduction, in 2017, you were named a future leader by the Women in Advertising and Communications Group um could i ask what what did that award mean to you and and what is the current state state of play do you think with regards to diversity and inclusion in the in the media and advertising sector
1: sure um yeah it was a it was a very proud moment actually um and at the time i remember definitely i definitely had a bit of imposter syndrome because i I'd, I'd taken on this this bigger role at what was trinity mirror and i was quite young and i was a woman And I had had a lot of self doubt. Um, So to be recognized was fantastic. Um, And actually, what it did for me was that I as part of the award, I was given some funding to pick a training course and to go through a a training course of my choice. And I'd been recommended by my previous CEO, CEO at PhD. She'd said to me, you should absolutely do this course that's run by RADA." called executive presence for women in business um, and without shamelessly plugging it you know it was it was one of the best things I've ever done professionally and personally it was absolutely fantastic and I think you know making opportunities like that for training and personal development is really key um, and so important and you know to answer the second part of your question especially when we consider, when we consider the importance of creating inclusive and diverse working environments, um, I think for most businesses last year was was the wake up call that was needed. Um, certainly at Reach, we we audited our business and we we've subsequently employed a head of diversity and inclusion who reports directly to our CEO um, and is very busy sort of writing our strategy and plan at the moment. Um, and, and and last year, you know, we did we did launch some some initiatives for example we made a commitment to increasing diversity in our newsrooms um, by paying for journalists from minority ethnic or or less privileged um, social classes to trade in our newsrooms while they complete their their diplomas but i think you know for us as a business and the entire media industry we have a long way to go on this and we all need to start walking walking the walk you know uh, making sure that we are top down and bottom up committed to to genuine change, not not ticking boxes but absolutely sort of driving positive change in this space
0: um, and, and do you think the industry is committed i mean as you say a lot there's been a lot of good positive talk you know across yeah. the industry do you do you think that's deep rooted do you think it will last and continue
1: yeah i really well i'm I'm ever optimistic, so yes I do, but good. i I think um an example of a business who are doing some really interesting things in this space is one of my agencies, MediaCom. Um, I think they're being really quite brave in their approach, um, which is essential. Which is in what ex- sense? Well, I think exposing, you know, ha- like sort of expose. You know, they they pride themselves on having a, on developing a really inclusive culture, and you can see that in the way they run their business. But they they are also v- committed to saying this is, you know, the what. Things that aren't working or things that haven't been right and then changing them and actually really usefully sharing that with their with their clients and partners. Um, and they do a lot of events around this and are very open about their journey. And I think that's for me, that's really, really useful. Um, and I think it's I think it's really interesting. So I think we can all we can all learn perhaps from from some of the things that they've that they've done.
0: Excellent now, when it comes to digital ad spend, we all know that Google and Facebook took take an awful lot got an eye wateringly really large percentage of global digital ad spend what well, What can publishers do more of both individually and collectively to increase their share?
1: Well, I think firstly, you know certainly from a reach perspective we we need to continue to work closely with Google and Facebook. you know they're really important partners to us um, and The second piece for us um, is, and I've obviously touched on this, but it's really to accelerate our customer strategy um, because the more we grow those registered users, the more we're able to create more sophisticated and better performing advertising products. Hmm. Um, I think the other part that's key is, you know, and again, this is a big part of my job, but it's to grow invention and to work with brands in that space because, You know, Google and Facebook are incredible businesses, but they don't have a huge network of of journalists and all of that editorial talent that we have. So I think, you know, for for me, it's it's about focusing on on what we're good at as a content creating business and excelling at that whilst we continue to work closely with them.
0: Now, looking at news brands and, you know, news publishers in general, be it you know, reach News UK, Guardian, whoever. When it comes to internal planning meetings, when you'll get together with colleagues from you know editorial, circulation, marketing, you know what what are you asking them for more of? What in the ideal world would you like would the commercial teams like to see their colleagues delivering?
1: So I think the key thing is um, is is driving collaboration and communication with 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 all these teams, and then also you know, having shared goals. So um, as a PLC, again, we have editors and um, circulation sales directors and marketing directors um, that really understand our world. Um, And I think in some ways that the customer value strategy has really brought the entire business together, because we're all, you know, we're on a very clearly communicated path, we have goals in place, which will help all of our departments, whether that's marketing, whether it's circulation, editorial, the customer team, the product team, the commercial team, it should help all of those departments um, achieve more, grow, deliver better results. Um, and, and it, you, you know, we're united because that data is valuable to all of us. Um, so I think, you know, I think we're very lucky that we do, we do work quite collaboratively um and i'm I'm probably biased because i obviously i'm at reach but um I do think we're we're pretty good at that um but i think uh you know for us we we need we need to um try and maintain print circulation um as much as possible it's obviously declining um so we need to be tied into the the measures that sale circulation sales editorial marketing are, are taking to help help protect those numbers. Um, and we need to support them in every in every way we can.
0: So, in terms of the future of print, as you say, some of the figures are maybe heading in the wrong direction, and obviously, the independent newspaper went digital a few years ago. Do you do you think it will plateau out, or what, what do you see as the future of the print newspaper? You know, you know, five or ten years hence.
1: Well, I think what's really interesting is that. Last year, at some point, I think Enders predicted that print circulations would fall 50% because of the pandemic. And if I'm honest, I felt very, very nervous about how how that was going to end for us um, at the end of the year because, you know, we were closing closing shops and people were, you know, told to stay at home. And I think the other part of this is that, you know, we we um print is obviously an older audience and and the pandemic was really affecting affecting them more so than ever whereas actually um we saw an 11 percent drop in 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 print circulation last year which i think overall as a business is a is a really um really positive uh result um we, we were i think we were expecting to see a far greater decline so i think print still has a really important place it's a really important part of our business um we do need to be um you know we are digital as our growth area that's absolutely where it is but print our print circulation revenue contributes a huge amount to our to our profit so it's you know there is still a very important place for it in our business
0: and in terms of, you referred to the age profile of your typical print purchaser, mm-hmm. is there a way of getting young people to read print newspapers?
1: I think we're better um, growing an engaged, loyal, uh, reach customer digitally. Um, I think that's a better focus of our attentions um, rather than trying to, trying to um, I, 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 think, I think, you know, I, I think that older audience is still really valuable as well. You know, um, mm. they've got a lot of money,
0: <laughs> yes. so
1: they are definitely really valuable in the advertising world. But I think I don't think we should be trying to get young people to, to read newspapers. I think we should be absolutely getting them to be loyal, uh, loyal um, readers online.
0: Excellent. So so where next? I think you might have touched on it already, but where next for Reach Solutions? Where, where will you be focusing your efforts in the next 12 months um, and beyond?
1: Yeah, so, um, well, it's a really exciting time for us. Um, so the next 12 months, unsurprisingly, will continue to accelerate our customer strategy. Um, the ambition for the business is in the, in the midterm is to double our digital revenues. So, you know, we are going to be taking some new advertising products to market and really focusing on that. Um, and invention you know, we've been working on a new planning process, um, which we'll take out to clients at some point as well, which is basically us utilising our, our data to help better inform our creative strategy, and our pitching process, and, and when we're responding to briefs. Um, and I guess, you know, the other thing for me, a key thing uh, is, I cannot wait to see my agencies and clients again, hopefully. <laughs> yes. um, you know, it's, it's, as a salesperson, it's been it's really taken its toll, I think, being at home all this time. And whilst uh, you know, technology has undoubtedly been amazing and has saved businesses across across the world, um, I don't think anything quite beats that face-to-face interaction. So um, you know, and, and as a leader of a big team as well, I, I I really miss my team. So I think I can't wait in the next 12 months to plan a safe return to the office in 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 whatever capacity that looks like but yeah I can't wait to see to see people again
0: no likewise (laughs) in terms of managing you know you as you say got a big team what have been the pressures of managing them you know all working you know remotely
1: yeah it's been do you know what it's been really it's been really tough at times because um I think we are more aware now. All businesses are more aware than ever of the importance of well-being for their employees and their important. The, you know, being aware of people's mental health and working remotely makes it much more difficult to know what's going on with people, how they're feeling. Um, so we we've had to really uh, we've done we've done a lot of stuff in this space, which has been really uh, positively received um, to try and make sure that uh, you know well-being is at the top of the is, is at the top of of the agenda um because I think a lot of people have experienced burnout you know people not being the, the blurred boundaries of home and work life um I think for our younger people as well I mean I just think about when I started out it was so important to sit next to your manager you learned so much from being in the office and just sort of absorbing what was going on around you and you know being in a newsroom how exciting that is um and and you know addictive a place that is and it's just you know it, it's it's kind of unthinkable that we haven't had that for a year but we've you know we've obviously adapted but I think I think it would just be great to be able to to get back to that but it it, it has been it has been tough at times we have an amazing comms and culture team who want to sort of you know absolutely weekly and sometimes more regularly basis send out really great comms and have done all sorts of initiatives to keep people engaged and 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 try and add a bit of fun um you know to all of this so it's but it is it's some of that is like taking on a second job so it's it's a lot of work but imagine um, imagine yeah very very important of course
0: and if the roadmap, you know, out of this lockdown, you know, holds true, and we're, in theory, you know, you know, have more freedoms towards the end of June, when do you think is when do you think you and your colleagues might actually be back in the office and meeting your clients and agencies in person?
1: I, I don't actually know at the moment. I think we're, you know, it's a watch this space at the moment because there's a huge amount of work um, to do here. The, the the safety of employees is absolutely paramount, and is you know ultimately the most important thing so until we can feel confident in that um completely confident um I don't think that we will we will make any plans but I know that there is work happening in the background for when we can and I think one of the things that we will do um is you know I think there will be a readdressing of you know office to to home working life so I don't think people will be expected to be in the office from from sort of 9 to 5:30 anymore every day. Um, I think there'll be far more flexibility um, which I think will be really welcomed um, really welcomed by 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 everyone. I think a combination of of working of home working and office working will be will be really effective for us. So I do look forward to that. Balance. Yes. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Um, and finally, Emma, you know, a question we ask um, all our, our guests on the podcast, outside of work, um, what do you do to relax?
1: Well, um, to the detriment of my waistline, I really <laughs> enjoy cooking. And, um, and so with the absence of any restaurants for quite a long time, I've, I've really enjoyed sort of experimenting a bit in the kitchen. Um, my other real passion is travelling and exploring new places, but that's obviously been a bit on the back burner. Um but one thing I did discover actually through through the through um twenty twenty and, and what's happened to us is that I actually really like relaxing through walking um and I've discovered so much about my local area i have I've started to just try and walk everywhere really I think sometimes when you live in london the the mixture of impatience and convenience means you just jump on a tube without really thinking about about much but um I'm definitely going to try and uh maintain that and i i actually walked home from london bridge a few weeks ago and it was lovely i did did work calls, noticed things
0: you'd never seen before
1: listen to a podcast did some work mm. calls yeah it was and you know i mean the city was empty and it was a beautiful day and i just thought this is great so um hopefully i you know i'd never have done that in normal times so i'm hoping that i keep that as part of my part of my routine
0: okay just one follow-up question on the cooking front so what, what do you particularly like what's your favorite dish to make
1: Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, I'm, I'm, I do love cooking a Sunday roast. Absolutely love it. Um, it takes hours and I usually use every single utensil in the kitchen. So it <laughs> takes the same amount of time to clear up afterwards. But I do I do love a Sunday roast.
0: <laughs> Sounds delicious. Emma Callahan, thank you very much for being our guest on the in Publishing Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We would like to thank Advantage CS again for sponsoring this podcast. Advantage CS has been developing subscription management solutions for the information industry since 1979. The comprehensive functionality, adaptability, and scalability of its software helps leading publishers around the world manage their businesses more effectively. Find out more at AdvantageCS.com. Thank you very much to Emma for being our guest this time. I was particularly interested to hear her views on the increasing use of reader data to drive commercial sales and the opportunities for rival news brands to work together. You can find out more about Reach Solutions at reachsolutions.co.uk and you can find out more about Emma on LinkedIn. If you'd like to know more about us, then check out our website at inpublishing.co.uk or email us at editorial at inpublishing.co.uk. Thank you for listening and do join me in two weeks' time for another in-publishing podcast. Bye for now.